0: This episode is brought to you by the hilarious novel, FIFO, by Aaron Weston, available on Aaron Weston Author Instagram account. All right, enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Aaron White Show, and I'm your host, Aaron. Today, we have a fantastic guest, Dave Monk. Dave is the host of 12 Hats Radio. Welcome to the show, Dave. Thanks for having me,
1: Aaron. Oh, you most welcome. Hey, can you tell me about your podcast? Okay, my podcast is called 12 Hats Radio. You're local on social, and it, first and foremost, it's a marketing podcast. But my specialty in marketing is social media, so I cover that. I also cover life as a startup and anything I find interesting. So I always invite guests like your good self onto the show, have a chat about everything that's trending in marketing, and even top, top to the day, I mean, today I did cover the coronavirus and how that's impacting everyone. Yeah, it's been going since October and it's going quite well.
0: Why do you think everyone's having this big rush on toilet paper if you've been covering the coronavirus? Without
1: the risk is saying, "Sued." I think, first and foremost, I think it's a bit of irresponsible journalism. Yeah. Uh, it, was a, it was a misleading bit of news saying that all the toilet paper is coming from China, but I do believe 80% of our toilet paper in Australia is made in Australia.
0: Ah, that's hilarious.
1: Yeah, and I think people also get a bit confused about the coronavirus because I think the coronavirus is a respiratory problem, and which need toilet paper unless it's a gastro problem. Yeah. So it's a bit of a worry if you don't know the difference between your anal and oral, <laughs> but.
0: <laughs> Copy that. <laughs> hey, we're at Space Cubed Perth.
1: Can you tell me what this place is? It's a co working space for startups and basically. Who's who of the freelancing community in Perth. It's got over ten thousand members, and it's just a great place. It's it's a spread over free sites where it what's known as Rift, but it's also Flux and is another place for startups in the mining sector as well. What do you mean startups in the mining sector? It's like I think it's more like tech people do with tech that uh, help out with the mining, like robots and. All sorts of software program and engineering. Oh, yeah.
0: So, have you made many um, friendships while you're here?
1: Yeah, it's actually, I've been going to the speed networking events here, and you meet all sorts of great people with inspiring startups. I think the entrepreneurs, if you've got in the right mindset, can be quite fascinating people because they're all trying to solve a problem, first and foremost. Not necessarily here to make money, but if you allow a free enterprise to kick in, I think we can solve the whole. Distribution problem in the world. I mean, the money's there, but it's all tied up into one, like half percent, whatever. But with entrepreneurs, if we can solve that by spreading that money more evenly, same with food, same with water, same with our resources.
0: Yeah, I'm a big believer in that. Basically, I think entrepreneurs are going to save the world. And basically, that's how you're supposed to make money as well from all these business people I listen to as well. Mm. Basically, saying, if you want to make a fortune, Find a problem and find a solution yep. and find people that will actually pay for that solution. And then, yeah, the more people that you can help out, it's um, oh, not Jim Rowan. Oh, I think it might be Jim Rowan. It's one of those people. Basically, to get what you want, you got to give people what they want. And the more people you give what they want, they're obviously going to pay you for that service. And then,
1: yeah, that's how you become rich down hmm. the track. It's actually a whole mindset called the zebra. There you go. Tell me a story. Okay, zebra. Okay, in the 2010s, the whole rage, oh, everything was about the unicorns. Yeah. Unicorns were the disruptors. So you got your Facebook, your you know, Canva's of the world, Ubers, all those people. But lot of the unicorns is just me first and the disruptor industry and it left a, a trail of like toxic behavior behind them. Just look at camera, journalica, case in point. But now what i push, I went to this entrepreneur con- conference last year with Roger James Hamilton, and a zebra is the opposite. First of all, whilst a zebra is a sustainable business. A zebra is also a we first mindset. So it's all community. It's helping others grow as long as it can be sustained. And that's, that's kind of modern thinking going into this decade.
0: So they're using you think they're using the word zebra because it's more of a pack animal as opposed to unicorns
1: are. Yes one?
0: Yeah, yes you could say unicorns are one.
1: Yeah, Maybe one solitary animal, yes, yeah. and also a zebra is a real real animal. Yeah, not
0: fictitious. Not fictitious
1: and a unicorn's quite hard to find.
0: Yeah. So have you collaborated with quite a few of the other people here at Space Cubed? Up uh, on your thing or not?
1: Not yet, because I've only been going for the last couple of months. Yeah, but it's work in progress. I have reached out and connected to quite a few people, but you know, these things will take time to trickle in. Yeah,
0: no I'm big believer in that. You, it's it's a marathon, not a race.
1: That's right. <laughs> um, so yeah, what got you into podcasting? Well, the day I signed up, I found a podcast studio. Oh, okay. I've got a background in community radio. I was on Groove 101.7 back in the day. I did run I was a co-host on Sunday Morning Madness, which was a comedy program. And originally I was just signed up to the webinars, but then I just fell in love with podcasting and now podcasting is my passion.
0: Yeah.
1: I actually want to pivot my business into podcasting, helping other people podcast and be a podcast coach, and eventually set up a podcast network for local people. Do you do workshops or anything at the moment? Or? I do, I do. I've got my first workshop here at Space Kid on the 24th of March. It's called Find Your Audio Spark, podcast workshop for dreamers and beginners. You can find it on Eventbrite. And basically, it's an hour and a half, and what, is, what I'm trying to do is inspire People who has been saying, I want a podcast one day, I want a podcast one day, but never got around to it. And I want to show them the, the blocks you, over, you need to overcome. All the good free apps are out there. How to get published on the major uh, platforms such as Apple and Spotify. And even better, how can you reach nano-influencer status and how you can potentially monetize your podcast to earn a side income.
0: And how can you monetize
1: it? There are many ways. First and foremost, you can sell advertising and sponsorship. Yeah, It's a real growth industry. E-marketer next year predicts that $1 billion in podcast advertising is going to be spent worldwide. Yeah. And according to Mumbrella last week, 75% of media buyers in Australian advertising agencies are looking for sponsorship opportunities with local podcasters. So there is a huge demand for it. The other way as well, and this is probably my third way, is through subscriptions through Patreon. What's that? Patreon is a service. Uh, you pay like $5 US a month to help your local creative. And re- in return, you get bonus content. You can get a personalized messenger channel through like, like an page like Discord. You also get many other things like a shout outs and thank yous on, on live on air. You can have all sorts of goodies. And it's basically you're building up a community. Yeah. And you know, it's US dollars, so you, you can very you can have a very small number of um, community of subscribers, but you can have a sustainable side income on this. For for your craft,
0: yeah, lots of those five dollars add up. So yeah, you've got uh, ten people, that's fifty dollars. Yeah. US dollars, so it's probably God knows yeah. seventy five or a hundred dollars, whatever. the yeah. exchange rate is.
1: Yeah, well, that's cool. And there's also a great another third option is like affiliate marketing. So oh, yeah. Amazon has got great affiliate marketing. You just click on the link and you can pay a commission. Yeah, and for podcasters, there's a great one with Audible where you can click on a. That link, every link you get for someone who paid up subscription for Audible, that podcaster will get fifteen dollars US paid out to them. Yeah, and the payouts will begin once there's two clicks a month. So basically, it's three dollars US. I think it's about forty five Australian off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, well, that's pretty sweet. Is it? Hard?
0: Lots of people are going to be listening to this, and you've got that background in radio, and you're obviously doing a podcast. And you said you told people, "Yep, come do my course. I teach how to do podcasting." Lots of people they're not going to realize how, not difficult, how, I don't want to say easy, but yeah, pretty much how easy it is to set up your own podcast. Mm. So lots of people are going to be intimidated. Can you let us know, sort of, is it really hard or really easy to set up a podcast? I don't want people get intimidated.
1: It, first of all, don't get intimidated. I think it's easy to set up a podcast. The one demon you have to slay is perfectionism. Yeah. Because perfectionism means you... You procrastinate you're always thinking, when's that perfect time to launch? When's that perfect time to launch? I'm not selling perfect. I'm not selling perfect.
0: Yeah.
1: I've recently completed a thesis and I can tell you any good pu- or any good content is published content. So what I'm saying is for season one, episode one, don't expect it to be perfect. Yeah. you got 850,000 other podcasts worldwide to compete against. And chances are you probably only get five to ten listeners, and don't be disheartened about that because Harley even would hear it. My best advice for that for anyone is to listen to your podcast regularly, and just work on your radio voice, and just weed out all the filler words like your ums, yahs, you know, your likes and years, and that sort of thing. Yeah,
0: you know, I found that a lot. Like when I was doing, when I'm doing my one, I used to do a lot of um, I used to make a lot of this yeah i think i actually did about five minutes ago which i'll probably edit out but yeah and lots of people do this like clicking noise with their tongue mm. and um oh, where was it going with that yeah so i think in the first podcast episode i did i did a lot of oh what should i ask you next or like lots so yeah. that type of thing so as you said as i get better as i do more podcasts i'm learning not to say mm. what am i going to ask you next I'm actually thinking what to ask you next while I'm talking to you. Yeah. And trying to multitask, listening to you at the same time as thinking what to ask next. So it is pretty hard to get your head around, especially for like a newer podcast like myself. But yeah, as you say, you just keep getting better and better and just do it do it. Just have a go. Chuck out your um your podcast interview. It might not be that good, but as you say, you're gonna get better and better. So the more you do, before you know it, episode twenty and you're smashing it. So yeah. that's really cool.
1: And a little bit of advice from the YouTube community. Yeah. Perth is in a time zone sweet spot.
0: Uh, can you elaborate?
1: So we're GMT plus eight, yeah?
0: Oh, bless. Her, I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> we're eight
1: hours ahead of greatest Main time. If you release your podcast at 7 a.m. On a, on a weekday, it's already, this time of year, it's already 10 a.m. over in Sydney, 12 o'clock over in New Zealand. But more importantly... 'cause bulk of the worldwide podcast listeners are in the US, you're getting released in prime time over there. So yes, you know in the podcast in the YouTube community, Perth has got more millionaire YouTubers per capita than anywhere else in the world because of this time zone sweet spot. And I do believe we can do the growth in the podcast community as well. So be encouraged me, if you get American guests or get um, interviewed by American Podcasts, I have been doing it the last couple of months, you'll find, along with being published on Apple, your podcast will grow quite substantially in like season two or season three of your of your show. Oh, that's
0: pretty interesting. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. What studies have you done? How did you become the person you are
1: now? Okay. I actually got completed two master's degrees. In marketing before I set up this agency, coincidentally, it's my first first year anniversary today. Oh, congratulations! Thanks. It's <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I didn't expect it to last this long, but <laughs> here we go. I well before I went back to uni, I studied in hospitality. That's another story. I did my masters by coursework, then I got bit by the research bug, and I wrote a master's thesis, which is basically half a PhD. My thesis was on visual storytelling on Instagram and Pinterest and I looked at archetypes or hidden characters that are found in energy drink brands like Red Bull and Monster. It wasn't quite disturbing but quite fascinating um, results that came out of it. So I found Red Bull uh, is more like a hero because if you look at all the images they post on Instagram, they all got their arms spread out, they're all mid-flight like they're Superman. Yeah. And I find Red Bulls more outlaw because they're more dark. They um, partake in more antisocial behaviour. Yeah. It's all about burnouts and you know, UFC fighting and everything like that. But,
0: yeah. That's definitely interesting marketing. Mm. And I tell my kids this quite often. I've got a seven-year-old and a three-year-old and they'll watch a commercial and obviously you've got your cocoa Pops and all your Newt grains, all, the, all that stuff that's unhealthy for you. But the way it's marketed is is it's healthy and it's fun and exciting mm. and the way got energy stuff as you said the energy drinks which also bad for you. They market it as like this fun adrenaline rush type yes. thing. So if you're a, if you want to be cool, you, you got to have this. When really you're eating away your teeth and your insides. Yes, especially Coca Cola. God, it's amazing their marketing. That stuff's so bad for you. Mm. And God they sell millions billions of dollars worth of that. Yeah, rubbish. You know, God knows that, like, every year, every whatever. Yeah. No, marketing is very interesting, that type of way, I think. Yeah,
1: and especially the energy drinks, they can cause sudden heart attacks in people under the age of 18. Yeah. And uh, personal story. Yeah. I was 25. I was working in hospitality as a night oh. auditor. I downed two Red Bulls within a half hour. Yeah. And, yeah, it happened. I had a heart palpitations, I felt dizzy. I basically I was overdosing on caffeine, yeah, yeah, I almost passed out to my colleague you know gave me a gave me a nudge and it it's just these stuff, and these things' it'd be sold as a beneficial to you, but it actually found that the blood becomes quite sticky okay and and' of they're a new product, we don't know the long term effects of energy drinks, yeah. So I'm predicting if it's making your blood sticky, it probably leads to something like kidney failure, but there's no real concrete evidence of this yet. So don't quote me on that.
0: You know, I might as well start on the energy drink type thing. Even those Jager bombs, when I was, I don't drink anymore, I haven't drunk in like ten years. But when we were younger, it was cool to have Jager bombs. So you got the Jager mice the shot of that with the with the Red Bull and you smash heaps of it mm. within a night. Yeah, you have so much energy, you literally feel your heart jumping out, but yeah, we just thought it was normal and that's a cool yeah. thing to do, but yeah, I'd totally see how someone can have a heart attack about that. Hey, twelve hats. What's
1: what's the story behind the name? Okay. There's a short story and there's a long story. i will go whatever. I don't know how much time I we got. <laughs> <laughs> we've still got we've got plenty of time. Okay, the short story is the number of roles I play when someone outsources their social media to me. Yeah. The long version is more to my face is there are twelve brand archetypes. So basically, your heroes, your outlaws, your rulers—they can be found in marketing. So it's really, get you really want to build a strong brand, you just look at popular culture with the characters we all see in movies and books. Yeah, and base your content strategy around that, and you have something that's quite deep and it can resonate with your customers so we you, it's you look for your target audience and
0: then you get one of these archetypes that that audience wants to be like yeah. and
1: you you put your marketing around that archetype yeah. to to cater for that target yeah, audience to cater for that target audience so like example a, a luxury brand like Mercedes benz bands would be like a ruler so that's yeah. like your you know, your kings and queens you find in popular culture then they'll set themselves up quite, you know, elegant. Yeah. And quite you know, quite dark contrast colours and it just basically appealed to the upper echelons of society. Yeah. And similarly, we're talking about, you know, energy drinks and other junk food. Yeah. they set themselves up as, as those are innocent so they again target to children because they're setting themselves up like well, basically childlike. Yeah. So they'll be all about having good times with the family, having fun with your friends, that sort of thing. Oh, copy that. Yeah. I'm going to cut this more about my show as well as we're going along. I think my show is going to be more about ties in with popular culture and marketing because I think that's a really fascinating area that's been not really touched that much. Yeah. No,
0: personally I find marketing just just amazing how the different things they do to actually get – the people to actually buy their products. Yeah, it's kind of brain. Yeah, basically, it's kind of brainwashing,
1: or at least it's 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 applied psychology. Yeah, put it that way. Um, because it's all. It's there's a lot of science behind it. It's 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 cross between art and science. Yeah, if you look at it from an academic point point of view, and it's all about you know testing out market research onto the clients and everything, even the colours like we've got pink here, yeah. It's all done on purpose. To make you feel, yeah.
0: well, all right, here you go, I'll do it. So I'm looking at pink right now. I feel calm and relaxed and mm. feel like I'm in a safe area, safe space. Yep. So there's no intimidation, no nothing. It's a calming colour. That's exactly, exactly that. what they use, use it for. Yeah, I've heard that Coca-Cola did. They chose that red because that was the one that most people grabbed, like to set up the um, yeah. different shades of the red. And that was one that most people grabbed, so they, they went with that mm.
1: red. Yeah, red's all about passion. As I well. t-
0: tell me some, let's teach
1: it, the audience something. What, what colours mean different things? Okay. Best thing I tell your audiences is keep a light in on the news and look at the ties politicians are wearing. The ties? The ties. Okay. Now, during election time, they'll pull out the red tie. Yeah, because so red ties is very reds a very powerful color psychology, and it's all about selling. So they want you, they want the public to buy their their policies. Yeah. So they put on the red tie, but during something like the budget, they wear a blue tie because that's more sincere.
0: Okay.
1: And you'll never see a politician wear a yellow tie because a yellow tie is a warning.
0: Yeah.
1: And also, too much yellow can actually make people angry. So, and I'll never wear a yellow tie. So, it's all done on purpose. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. Okay. I'll teach you something else. Uh, oh, I haven't
0: done marketing thing, but this is interesting. Yeah, it's so... more
1: for me than the audience. Like, other cars, like orange is happiness. Oh, okay. So, like, you'll find with Fanta and other junk food, a lot of orange and purple can tie into happiness as well. That's why Cadbury's got purple. Yeah. Green is all about health. Yeah. So... You'll see the St John Ambulances with the green uniforms. Yeah, and all the pharmacies and doctor surgeries all have a very a shade of green into their branding. Yeah, that's yeah. Have you
0: done any sales training, or is this
1: basically the same type of thing? It's quite different to sales. It's more branding. Yeah, um, branding's my little little puppy. So
0: yeah.
1: Any other interesting things?
0: So if somebody wants to promote their their brand. So, you got the colors. Is there any, any other tips you can give us uh, off the top of your
1: head? Well, always, well, branding 101 is always trying to differentiate yourself from the competition. Yeah. So, you've got to think of something that's catchy, that represents you, but also sets you apart. Yeah. And you can also write this right down the backbone of your business. So, you basically live out the brand. I wear my hat everywhere. Yeah. Because it gives me free publicity everywhere I go. Yeah. For example, uh, and also it's all about personal branding. So everything you wear should also reflect your company and who you are.
0: Yeah.
1: If you look at, let's say, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. He always wears a hoodie and jeans, no matter where he is. Cause that's part of his personal brand.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the casual. The casual. I'm, I'm one of the people. Yes. I'm,
1: I'm just like you know, everyday teenager. Yeah. Mid twenty-year-old, even like Tony Gallardi down in the Spud Shed, he always wears a blue singlet yeah. everywhere he goes. That's that's part of his brand. So, yeah. knowing marketing is like Ham Key's to the Matrix. Yeah, it's all about saying that consumer psychology that dictates everything we do in life. It's all subtle. It's not subliminal because that's illegal, by the way. <laughs> you can't yeah. do subliminal sort of advertising. Yeah, Tord got in trouble about two thousand and seven during the um, Logies. Yeah. Because they flash the Toyota branding like, like a millisecond, yeah, in between segments, and they got really got done for that.
0: I've heard stories about years yeah. ago, back in the seventies or whatever. Yeah, Coke used to. Oh, can't pick it on Coke. i was pretty <laughs> sure it was Coke. It was one of those mob anyway. did yeah. Exactly the same thing. Like when you're watching a movie in the cinema, mm. they flash up their product.
1: Actually, it's quite fascinating to see brands pay millions and millions of dollars just to put public. Um, like product placement in movies.
0: Yeah, yeah. And TV series. And TV series, time. yeah.
1: If they yeah. just put like a can of Coke there. Coke will pay big bucks just to have that can there. Yeah. You can also tell if they don't have any um, product placements because there's such a thing as fake brands. Yeah. So like if you see like in any disaster films, there's a airline generally it's called Oceanic Airlines.
0: Yeah, made-up one. It's
1: a made-up one. It's a quite a common made-up fake brand. It's quite – it is – well, it makes sense. You don't
0: want to have like a Qantas plane because yeah. he's going to be there thinking, oh, "I'll watch that movie where Qantas crashes." Mm. Yeah, I'm not going to book with them.
1: Exactly right. Oh.
0: No, it's very interesting. I, I have seen that. But watching a TV show, you, you mm. see even like a protein powder in the in the ranch or something. That yeah. TV series, yeah, he's always got his um. I can't remember what brand it is, but that protein powder. all so that way, and he's
1: always drinking it. Yeah, like you look into Tarantino films. Yeah, all their main characters smoke Apple cigarettes. Is there a real Apple? Is that no, it's Apple? not. He's, he made up that brand, but it's yeah. just a consistency throughout his films. And,
0: that, and that's actually quite funny. If if he didn't like Apple computers, yeah. it's kind of brainwashing people into thinking apples are bad because cigarettes are bad. Yeah. And they're bad for you. So Apple computers are bad for you, if you want to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cool. Um, anything else you want to share with the listeners?
1: Yeah, well, my vision... Going back to podcasting. Yeah. My vision is not just how podcasters, but how people want blogs or vlogs, YouTube. I like to build people up into like nano influencer status. So, what's nano influencer? Status? So, basically, with a podcast, it's between 5,000 to 10,000 downloads. Yeah. But the best thing about that, it potentially can be a side income for you. Yeah. So it's for affiliate marketing, we can sell sponsored stories, or people can come in and pay guest interviews. But the whole idea, because way everything is going, and by twenty twenty nine, most people will be out of work because of AI and, and robots. Yeah. So most manual labour's gone. So but one thing we can't teach robots and AI is creativity.
0: Yeah, I think I've heard this.
1: Yeah. So that's one. I'm future producing my business by encouraging people to find their best content and basically monetizing that content, become their own media entity just to earn side income. So you, when you make – if you've ever come redundant in your particular industry, you know, you've got a comfortable living there for you and your family and that's basically what I'm here for, It's basically sell dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Where can people find you on social media? You can find me – At 12 Hats, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Yep. Also on Twitter at 12 Hats Radio. Yep. And you can find my show, 12 Hats Radio, on Apple, Spotify, and all other good platforms.
0: Ah, sweet. Anything else before we wrap
1: up? Uh, That's about it, mate. Thanks for having me. Ah, you're most
0: welcome. Um, Yeah, did you have fun on the show? I did, absolutely. (laughs) I hope you learned something too. Oh, no, I did. Yeah, definitely enjoy the marketing aspect of things. Well, that's a wrap. I'd like to thank Dave again for coming on the show and I'd like to thank you, the listener, for listening. Please tell a friend about the podcast and have
1: a fantastic day. All right, bye.